somewhere there's speaking, it's already coming in. Oh, and it's rising at the back of your mind. You never could get in. Well, South Connection, we are back. Making the case, Tyler, we're getting close to the end of the year. Are you ready to make a case for 100 wrestlers to make your GWWE lists? You're making out a podcast to do, so we got to start hitting these heavy hitters. Are you ready to make the case for your top 100? I am. I'm not, but I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tyler, who are we making the case? So I'll be making the case for Mr. Bob Backlund. All right, and I said, wow. That's a pretty good one. I would make the case for Roman Reigns. In 2017, I had Bob Backlund four spots higher than Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns has been doing some of his best work. So for my case making, it's how many spots did Roman Reigns jump above Bob Backlund? I'm not sure what side of the case you're going to make, but Bob Backlund is a top 20 to 25 WWE superstar, in my opinion, and he might be higher on others, but I think I think top 20 or 25 is definitely warranted. Do you want to tell us what yeah. where the people had these guys in 2017? Yeah. So in 2017, uh, Backlund finished number 19 on the overall list. I had him number nine. Uh, Roman finished number 40, and I had him 45. Now, yeah. as you mentioned, you know, you brought up Roman's doing his best work um, right now in the last two years, I would say. So I expect both guys will be between 12 and 17 on my list this time. Uh, and I think they'll be pretty close to each other. I'll probably uh, have them in consecutive spots. Um, I think that uh, while they seem just very different, I think they have a lot of similarities that we'll kind of get into that, that I'll mention as we kind of go through our different categories. And I, I concur. I think they're kind of the same tier with Roman on the rise up above that tier now, but I definitely think they're closer on the list and farther apart. And there are similarities, and that's why I thought of Roman Reigns when you threw me Bob Backlund. Yeah. So, Tyler, the 10 categories being longevity, charisma, star power, flexibility, peak moments, storylines, promo skills, character work, work rate, and work resume. Tyler, you want to start with Bob Backlund and longevity? Yeah, sure. So, Backlund debuted in late 1976, challenging for the world title within months. He chased it throughout 1977 and eventually won the title from superstar Billy Graham on February 20th, 1978. He would hold that title until losing it to the Iron Sheik in December of 1983, so uh, just short of a five-year title reign. Uh, he would remain with the WWF until... August of 1984, so about an eight-year stint during his first run. He would then return in July of 1992, uh, which was earlier than I thought he, he came back, and he remained active until May of 1996. Now, a lot of that was just on the uh, the house show circuits. but So he has about another four years, during which time he earned another WWF world title. So he had about a 12-year stint with the company, and he was a two-time WWF world heavyweight champion and a one-time tag team champion all right about roman? all right roman reigns started in the developmental territory of fcw in 2010 he was there for about two and a half years or so before 
starting the Shield at the Survivor Series 2012. Uh, Roman, he made his main roster debut attacking Ryback and CM Punk in a Survivor Series pay-per-view main event. He would go on to be a part of the Shield, having an epic run of dominance through the upper mid card, leading into the main event, up and down the card, and um, having two two WrestleMania matches, WrestleMania 29 against Sheamus, Big Show, and Randy Orton, and WrestleMania 30 against Kane and the New Age Outlaws. Uh, he would be in two Royal Rumbles at the time. In the 2014 Royal Rumble, he would go on to set the Royal Rumble le- record for eliminations. And then in the 2013 Survivor Series, one year after his debut, he would go on to il- set the Survivor Series eliminations. So while building him up in the Shield, they gave him very... A lot of peak moments, and he was also the tag team champion within the Shield. His Shield run came to an end after WrestleMania 30, where he would go on to have like a two or three month feud with Evolution as the Shield. And then I believe on a June episode of Monday Night Raw, Rollins would have that memorable story, uh, memorable moment where he would turn on the Shield. And coming out of it, Roman was kind of on a controversial rise, kind of pegged as the chosen one, especially towards the tail end of the Shield run. He would go on to win WrestleMania 35, or he would go on to win the Royal Rumble 15 to a mountain of booze. And he would go on to face Brock Lesnar at at WrestleMania 31. And then he would just still be on the mid on the rise, 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 and finally win the world championship at I want to say the tail end of 2015, where he won it on a episode of Monday Night Raw, or he won it at TLC. I I got to check that. I'll have that ready for in the middle of the podcast. Uh, still on a mediocre rise up the card, wasn't really clicking. Was clicking to some, to the majority, especially the hardcores, was not clicking. Would go on to be in the, another WrestleMania main event, this time defeating The Undertaker at the WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. Before that, he would go on to face Triple H at WrestleMania 32. And then at, and where he would win back the title in that slug of a match. A little out of the order. Tyler, we're a little rusty here, but we're working through it, pal. At WrestleMania... WrestleMania 34 would be his fourth WrestleMania pay-per-view main event in a row where he would go on and be defeated by Brock Lesnar in a kind of a swerve where he it was kind of perceived that he would go on to finally beat Lesnar, but they stretched that out all the way till SummerSlam 2018 where he would go on to beat, wrestle, beat Brock Lesnar. And then they, they would go on to reform the Shield, and then the Shield would go on and face, I think, Ziggler, Braun, and, like, Drew McIntyre at this time or something like that off the top of my head. Um, and then Roman kind of came down with a month or so after this. It came out that his leukemia came back, and he had to go out and... He had to go out for about six months, and he came back around WrestleMania 19, oh, WrestleMania 2019, WrestleMania 35, and had a he was in remission, y'all, and uh, he beat leukemia, went on about a year run, still not really clicking, still felt like he was forced down our throat, but it was super awkward because 
He was coming back from leukemia. Couldn't so instead of getting booed out of the arena, he would kind of elicit zero cheers, zero emotion, and then just really have his hardcore of the hardcore WWE fans really be on his side with the hardcore internet fans or whoever you would like to perceive us as really rejecting him all leaving leading all the way to the pandemic where he would go on to face Goldberg at WrestleMania 36 pull out because of the pandemic for health reasons or to protect himself and his family to return at Survivor Series or to SummerSlam later that year and then just be on the hell of a run he is on now we'll get into that when the meat and potatoes hit but that is his longevity we're talking 2022 2012, we're coming on 10 years right about now with like two or two six-month breaks in between. So consistent, I would say nine full years of a run for Roman Reigns compared to what for Bob? Well, so I had it, I had it as 12. Um, That was going into 96. He really, I think his last televised match was 1995. So, um, I'm pretty comfortable saying going an equal sign on longevity. I mean, I think that's, yeah, I, I, I think if, even if you're talking 10 years and 12 years to me, they both check, they would both max out on longevity to me. So I, I would go an equal sign on that one. All right. I'll go equal sign too. I would give a little favor to Bob just because of the long run, but man, Roman's a workhorse, but he's going to be on the. A part-time schedule now, but I think it's warranted. He, you know, he's been the face of the company for fucking seven years, eight years, nine years now on top. So I, I agree to an equal sign. I would favor a little Bob, but hey, if you're not gonna fight it, I'll, I'll rock with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I had Backlund or equal on my. I actually made notes on my votes this time, but yeah. So I, I'm with you. I'm cool with it. Charisma and Bob Backlund, what you got? Okay, so. Now, I'm, I'm sure most people think that Backlund doesn't seem like a very charismatic wrestler, but he was really over with the fans until about 1983. His shtick kind of seems dorky when you're looking at it from 2022, uh, but the late 70s and early 80s fans really bought into it. Upon his return in the 90s, it was pretty clear that his time had passed, uh, and JP and Tim Slomka do the uh, the New Gen on a Mission podcast here. Um covering the new generation and, uh, and they regularly, you know, express their displeasure with Backlund in 93 and, and they're not wrong. Like I wouldn't really, I would put that as his low water point. Probably. Uh, he just didn't really fit in, in that era until he turned heel on Brett. And then he showed the charisma of this weird old, old guy lunatic. And I think it worked really well, uh, during his heel runs, kind of where Bob really showed that he had some charisma and you know obviously it's not like the smooth charisma of someone like The Rock but I think it it certainly added to the character and really helped make that kind of out of touch crazy old guy character that really made that work awesome all right so Roman Reigns charisma I'm going to keep it short and sweet but I'm going to say with Roman Reigns especially now in his current run and that just it's just a highlight of less is more with Roman if Roman's going out there for 15 minutes honestly a lot of it is star power and presence and that's due to his charisma 
He's not saying a lot. He's he's got a, He's got his act down. Pat strong, stamped, sealed, and delivered. I've been live to plenty of his his um, live entrances, and it all comes down. It's literally just him walking to the ring in a monotone speed, in a cadence, in a delivery. But man, does it work? Less is more with Roman Reigns. And all that is due to his charisma. Now, granted, we can say, hey, his charisma isn't as deep. So if he needs to go out there and cut a John Cena promo, he's not your guy. If he needs to go out there and cut a a, a rock promo and have a silly catchphrase and, you know, be uh, on 11. No, but Roman Reigns is a solid eight in the charisma category, but it's a consistent eight. When he when he when he starts and when he finishes, he doesn't exceed eight. Let's say that, but it is consistent and it's a powerful eight. You know what I mean? It doesn't it doesn't dip now. I'm talking current character. It doesn't dip. It doesn't rise. It doesn't have to. He is consistently awesome due to his charisma. And he when he when you're there live, man, he just grabs you and you are sunk in. You're you're if you're not on your phone filming, your your phone's down. You're just sinking it all in. Everyone around, he's got everyone attention, and that's due to charisma. And again, less is more. What you got, Tyler? Where, where's your signs here, buddy? Yeah, so uh, you mentioned on his current run, and I think that's something we'll keep coming back to is his current run. He had, he's got a lot going for him in the current run. I just want to keep saying that his current run is not the entirety of his career. That said, I think – charisma is a huge strength um so i would go with roman into the charisma department i think that that i think his presence just shines through a lot and that's what helps you know make not only the character work but really adds a lot to a lot of his matches as well so so i would go roman in this one so but i do think that backland probably has more charisma than you would think just kind of looking at him and yeah, what you generally think of him as. Bob has, we're on a first name basis, by the way. Bob has in-ring charisma out of his ass. I'll yeah. put it that. You know what I mean? That's that's a great way of p- putting it. Um, and he showed a lot of charisma in his char- in his late character work, too. We'll get into later. But here's the yeah. thing with Roman. Recency bias is going to be a thing. It's hard to weigh. You know what I mean? Because if we were to look at Roman's Reigns career in a bow in 20 years – we would be looking at his current run. So it's, it's, it's an odd time to do it. I wanted to stretch it as long as I could. Um, but it's kind of, it's got, it's got, it's going to kind of be a thing right there. You know what I mean? Recency biased in a way, you know? So continue star power. What you got for Bob? So Bob was the champion for nearly five years and was the top star of the promotion during that time. And I think, People have this idea of the howdy-doody, dorky guy and think he wasn't over and the fans weren't with him, but that's just bullshit. From everything that I saw that I watched from about 76 through about 82, from what I can see, he's super over the whole time. Um, Some weird stuff happens in 83, and I'm not really sure what was going on, but he gets a crew cut and starts wearing a singlet, and somehow he seems even less cool than he did before. Uh, but before that, he was a star. So, and again with the 
with Roman's current run. He's a huge star now. But this is where I would argue that uh, when he's getting booed out of the building as the top babyface, that his star power or, or lack thereof was a bit of a problem during that time. So, and I don't know, you know, we can all acknowledge that <laughs> we can acknowledge him that uh, it's not uh, all his fault. It's probably more the Booker's fault. But I, you know, I don't know how to split that, Adam, when looking at, at this type of a project. So, um, you know, I, I do think that his fan acceptance or lack thereof from the time between the Shield breakup and his heel turn in 2020, a little bit of a challenge in that area. Oh, it's th- that's definitely Rocky Waters. But Rocky Waters needed to be traveled in a way to make that case. You need to travel some Rocky Waters. Smooth sailing in 2020 but then again why couldn't that happen instantly you know if he wins at wrestlemania 31 is it such a rocky road is it such it's just so much what if that it's just like hard to pinpoint on how much was him how much was them how much was vince like needling and being so out of touch because to get to the be the Frank Roman says he's not coming back unless he can change his character. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, with the leukemia being an issue and then the pandemic being an issue, 19 and leading into 20 is kind of a lost year. They leaned on his star power to use him on Fox. So, yeah, leading up to that was Rocky Water, but he was the one that was a showcase on that new fat money contract of Fox. He Roman Reigns was the guy that said, yes, give us Roman Reigns on Fox for five years and we will give you that fat deal. Yeah, that was Rocky Waters, but he still landed in a spot to get them that deal. Um, he's the one going to sh- after WrestleMania, Good Morning America, whatever, with Charlotte, even when he's not over. He's still... I agree that it was terrible. Like, a parts of this was terrible. If we got this tribal chief character after WrestleMania 33, where the crowd just absolutely shat on him at, on that night after Raw, it was electric. I was there. Again, less was more. He, he was he was felt like such a big star by beating The Undertaker in that ring that he literally just said, what did he say? Like, it's my yard now or whatever. And he sat there and had the crowd by the point of his finger for fucking eight minutes of booing. And he literally just sat there. It was like, fuck. (laughs) He elicited that energy. He elicited that emotion right there. And for them to trust him to be one of two guys to beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, they had to kind of, you know, trust him and be being a big enough star there. So that's just a few things outside of the box. Um, but it, it was definitely forced. Um, a, definitely a lot of non-reactions like WrestleMania 32. I wasn't there live for that WrestleMania, but you could feel the lack of non-energy through the TV. WrestleMania 33, I was there live and it was... It was rough, but honestly, that was I would go a little more taker there than him, to be frank. Um, WrestleMania 34, my man, our man took a beating, like straight up. He earned a lot of brownie points on that one with us assholes 
like we still booed the fuck out of him and he went out there and went the hard way with Brock and you know he showed oh boy showed he had some balls there so there's definitely been spots where he has been rejected but he's got some tough skin man and that tough skin really rubbers up when he turned heel and he had a lot of pent up anger and emotion that he emoted in his mannerisms, in his facials, in his presence in this empty arena era. And he made us feel like we were there just by his presence. And it was so, it was such an empty show with Braun, Braun Strowman and Otis running around SmackDown without him for fucking three, four months, whatever. And no Thunderdome, no nothing. And he just shows up. And star power ticks up four, five, six tiers, and there he turns heel, and he's just on, and everything he touches gold. And my man is in fucking god mode. I'm a smark. I'm admitting it. I'm a smark. I'm a mark. And I couldn't stand him. I hated him, and I instantly loved him. He instantly turned me, and he just—he's my favorite wrestler now. It's like, come on, man. We're smarks. I'm a mark. I'm a tool. I get it. Whatever. And if you told me in 2017 that Roman would be my favorite character in five years, I'd be like, you're fucking get the hell out of here. Even though I put him 24 with my little numbering system or whatever. Um, I just think he's a, a mega star. Look at him now. He's on the Brock Lesnar schedule and no one cares. Like he just comes in, does his thing. And when he's there, it's just everyone up. He's just a tick above. He's a tier above everyone. And he's in God mode, man. I don't think Backlund ever got there, but. I understand what you're saying, but it's different. It's it's a different playing field. Um, a lot of that title reign is compared to Bob, but it's a different era. Not like that's like a Bob on a five year title reign is, is is the equivalent of what what now? I don't know. It's, it's hard to justify. It's 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 really oranges and apples. So it's but for recent 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 biancy, this is the biggest star we've had, and this is the biggest star we seem to have. And that wasn't the case five years ago. It was a four star who who was making it, but it was faking it. And now he ain't faking it. He's making it and he's making everyone around him. Everything he touches is gold. And um, you got to rise up and you got to feel it if you're going to face him. And we'll talk about that with Drew coming up. And we'll talk about that with Brock and all the guys that he's facing. We're going to run that down. But right now it was fake before it was faking it to making it and now you better make it to make it with with roman he's a megastar but i i if you want to fight bob because of the longevity of his title reign i don't i don't know it's i i can't put myself in your old shoes there buddy <laughs> yeah well i should make note that uh i was not watching bob Backlund live um you sure i'm i'm not that old i i was alive i suppose but uh, I wasn't watching it at that time. Um, so here's kind of how I see this one, Ryan, that yeah. Roman's top-level star power does exceed anything Backlund did. But Bob okay. was, you know, a lot more consistent in that, um, you know, in that he was over for a five-year period as champ. So I think that they come out, you know, I have equal on this sign with Roman peaking higher and cratering lower. Um, and, and Bob's got, you know, some times where that uh, kind of that 83 runs kind of weird. And then when he comes back in 93, it's not great. Um, but I think 
you know, Roman had a pretty extended period of time there where he was, uh, you know, he was getting the wrong reaction there. And, uh, but I, you know, I'm not questioning the, the highs. And again, uh, I just think that they're in the same tier all around. Like they will finish probably, you know, probably back to back. And I, and I think Roman will be on the top end. I, I'll have, I'm actually arguing for Bob, but I'm not arguing for him over Roman necessarily. I'm just yeah, yeah. hoping to make the case and, and, you know, get it out there that I see a lot of similarities between the, this resume. So. Yeah. You're, you're an educator buddy right here. You know what I mean? You're, <laughs> you're, you're making Bob's case, you know, that's right. And I'm going to, you know, I can make more of a case if you can list the precedents for me in chronological order. So. <laughs> you asshole. But I, I, I did. My son is a is a pretty good wrestler, right? Like amateur wrestler. So mm-hmm. my son goes all, all across the Northeast and whatever. So honestly, we were seeing Bob like <laughs> every fucking year at all these wrestling tournaments. And we have a few pictures with us. I bought his book. I signed it. There's only so many times he's going to wear you out when you finally do it. Right. And um, right. He, he still pulled the whole president thing with my little guy. <laughs> <laughs> like Eli, Eli was in like, second or third grade he's like what name me the last three presidents and Eli's like uh i don't know (laughs) didn't make me feel good as a dad but um you know bob he still he still plays the gimmick but here's the thing tyler um this is this is probably gonna be a generational thing if you're a current guy if you're someone of my age in their in their 30s um roman's gonna maybe talk to you a little more um, you're going to appreciate Roman a little more and comparing him to the current stars, you're going to put him in a much higher tier. If you're an old guy, no pun intended, but if you're an older <laughs> guy, if you pl- if you watch black and white TV like Tyler and if you uh, <laughs> all right, I'll stop the gimmick, buddy. But if yeah, you're, I was going to say that anybody that is a, a fan of the old school has probably quit watching long ago. So, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> they've ever seen Roman Reigns wrestle. So. <laughs> I try to split. You know, I, I try to split it right down the middle there. No, I know. But I'm saying if if you're an old guy and you think all the new stuff shit, then you're going to go Bob. But I think Bob's warrant. I think you did a very good job of lying it up. I just think, like you said, Roman's high is a little higher. Yeah, sure. He has his lows. But, you know, I would say that those lows led us to here. You could say that as a weak defense. And I'm acknowledging that. But. I'm sure he wanted to turn heel a long, long time ago. And I gave a few examples of probably when he should, maybe the cancer delayed it a little bit. And then you can't really turn a guy heel once he returns and you're, we're keep trying, we're keep trying and he's slowly ticking up, slowly ticking up. But yeah, I, I real quick, Tyler, how long do you think Bob Backlund was a stale champion before they went with Hogan in the Sheik or the Sheik then Hogan, excuse me. I think it was probably sometime in 83 is where it seemed like, the crowd wasn't with him as much. And there's just – that's almost a black hole, and I've heard people that are um, far more experts on that area than I am. The guys that did uh, the Titans wrestling have kind of talked about that. Um, and uh, Marty Slees and Kelly Nelson do a Pro Wrestling Love series, and I've been posting those on the Facebook page, um, reposting those. Um, but those are on Place to Be Nation and they covered their top um, top matches from 78 to 87, I think. And then they kind of talk about 1983 was just a year where there's nothing. Like there's no 
matches that they would really even consider. And that's likely at least in part because Bob was kind of off in left field because he's he's got a lot of really strong stuff that we'll talk about in other times. So I, I would say in 83, he kind of got that way. Um, and you can definitely see, you know, that the winds were turning there, you know. So. so about 20% of his run, about 20, 25% of his run, maybe kind of mm-hmm. a little less, a little more. Yeah, maybe. I Yeah. There seemed like there was some at some point in 83 because some point okay. I watched. Yeah. I don't think it was the whole year, but. And Sheik won at the tail end of 83 or at the, yeah. or the, and Hogan won January 4th, 20 or 1984. Am I right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and I'll cover this a little bit, but, uh, yeah, Backlund lost in December of 83, and then he was injured. Uh, we talked about it in the Iron Sheik episode as well, that Sheik did an attack on him and injured injured Bob. And so because he was injured, Hogan took his rematch and wins the title. The rest is history. Now you go. So. Cool. All right, flexibility and Mr. Backlund. Yeah, so... Backlund had good to great matches with a wide variety of opponents. He could brawl with Hanson and Patera, work technical matches with Valentine, strongman matches with Hogan, and so on. So he could have great matches with short-time feuds like Adrian Adonis and Buddy Rose, or just have a continued feud with multiple great matches against Sergeant Slaughter. And Valentine was the same way. They would they'd just face each other, you know, Every year, it seemed like they'd have a different kind of feud. So, and he he also had success as both a babyface and a heel, and across three different decades. Uh, so, I think his work after his heel turn in 1994 yielded some good matches in a different style than he was used to in the late 70s and early 80s, uh, in both singles and tags. So, uh, there's a really good tag team match where Bob teams with Owen against Bretton Bulldog on the Action Zone. And I think his character work was also a success as both a face in the late 70s and early 80s and the crazy old man heel in the 90s. I think that really added a lot. Um, and like I said, as early as dorky as I think early Bob seemed, he was over for most of that 70s and 80s runs. I mean, the, the crowds are, you know, they're cheering him pretty solidly. So. All right. So flexibility with Roman Reigns. Um Fuck, man. I think his flexibility is yet to come in a way, but I would say he shows up as the shield guy and he's flexible within that. He is the he's the third best guy in the shield, you know, experience work wise in ring wise, charisma wise, literally a lot of it, actually. But he has presence and, he, you know, he's pegged as the project. So they kind of was like he's our dude. But and you kind of watch him grow. He's really good in these six man, t- these historical six man tags the sh- with uh, Team Hell No and Ryback with the Wyatt's evolution, um, number of Daniel Bryan's in one, two, three partner. Um, just he's excellent in those. And he's he's really good in that tag team with Seth where they face um, just the Usos and the Wyatt family and uh, Cody and Goldust, just to name a few. Uh, and then he starts kind of getting his little, and then he's his, his star power starting to gain, his star power starting to gain. And they kind of, at the tail end of the shield run, they kind of start 
p- bumping him up. So he starts becoming more flexible as a worker. He starts showing a little more sympathy, sympathy because they're trying to build him up as a star. They're trying to build him up as the dude. So he's not really showing that flexibility of a sympathetic, sympathetic wrestler. As he starts in the shield towards the tail end, they need him to grow. They need to get him ready. He starts showing a little more vulnerability. And really, that vulnerability starts to come out when he starts to slowly turn into no man's land before winning the 2013, 2015 Rumble. I think when the when Seth turns on the shield, leading into him winning that Rumble is a odd stretch for him. But he kind of finds his footing, and he's definitely in a spot in a strong enough worker and strong enough of a star and presence to have that epic match with Brock at 31. And, it, you know, Rollins cashes in and, you know, that's a pivot point in history that we can maybe go over later. But he was built up for those two or three years leading up to that moment to be ready for that moment. And, yeah, he was like a little glossy eye in a few spots there, like he wasn't fully confident. I'm, I'm not saying he was a home run pick at that time, but he was the chosen one it, for that spot. He rose up and he definitely took that Brock Lesnar ass beating. And he definitely felt the part was the part. And then um, they didn't go with him. Uh, maybe to build a little sympathy. Maybe they didn't want to trust him. Maybe they wanted to have that cool Seth moment. Um, Seth was re- really kicking with the authority and, um, Seth was rocking and rolling, and I don't disagree with the spot. Some may say it set Roman in the promotion back a few years, and I see that side of it 100%, but that's on them. I wouldn't take that moment away from Seth and from the history of the WWE and the history of WrestleMania and the electricity and blah, 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 and they fuck up Seth after that for a while too. So that's on them, but I would point to all them – all the what ifs on being that's on them, WWE. And yeah, Romans survived because look at him now, but it it didn't necessarily, you know, really help him. Um, what else we got? Flexibility. So he's pretty much a baby face all the way up to really his return up to Goldberg. He started showing shades where it was Georgia versus um Georgia Tech, and that that was kind of manufactured. But the rumor is that he this is when he was going to turn heel after this moment, because that match was most likely going to be rejected. Um, he was going to get his legacy six minute win, and then he was going to get the the God Mode character where you are now, post WrestleMania. But honestly, so WrestleMania 31 to WrestleMania 36, that's five years, and not a lot of flexibility. He is still the guy. He is the top babyface. He is mostly forced down your throat. He is mostly the big dog. Ooh, ah! Um, He definitely has higher peaks. Um, He definitely has low lows. He has a lot of cool feuds in between, especially like the Strowman. Low-key awesome feud with Strowman. Um, Way better than it should be. But um, that's on Roman. It just happened to be a good mesh. You know, that's just an example. But for five years... He is on the slow, slow, slow extend up to an upper baby face on the roster. Um, He's the top guy. There's peaks where he feels it. There's valleys where he's done it. But now we want to talk heel. He's the best heel in the business. He's he's the best heel that they've had in 10 years. He's the best heel they've had really since Punk. And he's better than Punk in this role. And I am a CM Punk guy. Um, 
He's just we'll go over his it's not the time to go over his resume. Babyface heel. He's always presented as a main eventer. He was an awesome tag worker with Rollins. He was a big enough star to carry the main event, but not a big enough star as they projected him. Um, this one's hard just because the peaks and the valleys um, like star power and charisma. This one is more of like kind of a push thing. Tyler, do you agree with that or do you what, what do you what do you think? So this is the one I would push for Bob on. And my reasoning is that was like, that, where you go. That was kind of my gut. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would argue that Roman's run as a face was not as much of success uh, with the fans revolting as much as they did. Um, and again, I, a lot of that's not on him. You talked about that WrestleMania 31 match. See, I think that is where they that was where they first screwed up. Um because I think in that match is where he could have won over the crowd and was starting to do so. But that's, you know, that's my opinion, whatever. Um, and, and I also think that Roman kind of does what Roman does. He tends to, you know, he uses his presence, the you know, the moves that he does, and he does well, and he structures the match well. But I don't feel like there's a whole lot of flexibility and variety going on there um whereas i feel like there's a you know bob had a lot of different uh a lot of different types of matches with a lot of different types of opponents back during his time so so i would lean towards bob on that one uh, while i will acknowledge though that roman's tag work some of that's really great so um, i re- i like you said i enjoy that uh, that tag with seth quite a lot so. yeah um i agree check mark with bob but i would go small here roman is pretty flexible but i think that the star power and the charisma um shined a little bit more than the flexibility in that in that five years of like ugh, you know ugh, you know what you know what i say by uh the stuff we from wrestlemania 31 or really till before like six months before wrestlemania 31 up till wrestlemania 36 where he kind of went away um that's five and a half years, dude. Yeah. That's and that's well, like and, star and power builds, charisma builds, but the flexibility doesn't wasn't enough there to make it a success. And it's a mixture of both. This is where it's a mixture of both, but still he didn't have the flexibility of a character to to get it there yet. But he gets it. But then again, the flexibility from to go to one side of the fence to all the way here, like that needs to be warranted too. That's what, but that's why it's a small check mark. Well, and I, I mean, everyone doesn't have to have great flexibility. I would argue that that, Hulk too, Hogan that too would not probably score great in flex in flexibility, but uh, I think everybody's pretty happy with the the job he did. So uh, job is probably a poor term because he didn't do that very often, but that's okay. He was <laughs> he was the man. So. So when you say flexibility, you can go down the heel babyface route. You can go down upper down, mid card, lower card, upper mid card, tag work, um, comedy work, um, serious. You know, it's it's hard to gauge in which way to go it. But overall flexibility vibe, check mark, backland, small one. All right, peak All right. moments, Tyler. Okay, so uh, Bob defeated superstar Billy Graham at Madison Square Garden on February twentieth, nineteen. 19- uh, 1977, but it was 78. Um, 
and then he competed in a series of title versus title matches against uh, the NWA champion Harley Race three times, NWA champion Ric Flair once, and the AWA champion Nick Bockwinkel once, and the Japanese legend Antonio Inoki many times. So all these matches, all the matches with the American champs were all draws or non-finishes, as you'd expect. Um, And no titles ever changed hands, of course. None that were recognized anyway. Um, In 1980, he had a great feud with Ken Patera that culminated in a Texas death match that finished number 124 on the GWWE match list we did a few years ago. Um, I think that is criminally low. I had it at number 53 on my list, and I'll talk more about the matches here in a little bit. Bob then teamed with Pedro Morales to defeat the Wild Samoans to win the tag titles at the 1980 showdown at Shea, uh, which was just a huge, I believe it was a sellout of Shea Stadium uh, that featured Bruno Sammartino and Larry Sabisco in the cage. Uh, Bob later had to relinquish that title because at the time you could only have one title, I guess. That's what they told him anyway. So, uh, So he relinquished the tag titles. Uh, in 1982, he had a famous cage match against Jimmy Snuka, where Superfly tries to do the splash off the cage and hits knees, and that allows Bob to exit the cage and retain. He then lost the title to the Iron Sheik when his worthless Golden Boy manager threw in the towel, and then Hulk Hogan took Bob Backlund's rematch because Bob was hurt from the the attack of the Iron Sheik and. The rest is history at that point. So uh, Bob kind of stayed with the promotion uh, until early 1984, and then he left, and he kind of – it worked out for the best. I I don't know if he was just uh, – you know, I don't know that he was necessarily pushed out, but I think it worked really well that he was no longer around with Hogan doing his thing then. Uh, so when he re- – when Bob returned to the WWF, he had – an Iron Man run of 61 minutes and 10 seconds in the Royal in the 1993 Royal Rumble, and that stood as a record until Chris Benoit broke it in 2004. Bob had his first WrestleMania match against Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 9 in kind of a short nothing match, but then he had an old generation versus new generation match against Bret Hart on Superstars, which he lost. And then he just snapped, and he put Brett in the crossface chicken wing and turned heel in the process. So uh, this was the start of his heel character as an old, out-of-touch, crazy guy. And he he would, like, look at his hands and be real freaked out, start kind of shaking after he had snapped. And I'd heard rumors that the original plan was uh, that he was supposed to be possessed by Papa Shango, but he did such a good job portraying this crazy guy that they just dropped that angle and went with, you know, he's, he's snapped and he's, he's mad. He's out of touch. He's mad that his time had passed him by and that sort of thing. So, um, Bob also snapped and applied the cross face chicken wing on his former manager, Arnold Skoland for throwing in the towel a decade earlier. And I highly endorse that and agree that it was warranted to, you know, put that cross-faced chicken wing on that worthless piece of shit, Arnold Skullin, because I 
as you may notice a theme, he is one of my least favorite personalities in the WWF because he did nothing but sit in a damn chair pretty much all the time. Um, <clears throat> so Backlund would then face Bret Hart at Survivor Series 1994, winning the WWF title for a second time in a bit of a shock. Uh, this was the, you know, the pathos play with Helen Hart eventually throwing in the towel, uh, which allowed Bob to win the belt and caused Owen Hart to celebrate like a maniac. The glory was short-lived there, though, because he quickly lost the title to Big Daddy Cool Diesel, and he sold his jackknife powerbomb so thoroughly that he crawled back up the ramp after losing it in eight seconds. And Kevin Nash has kind of gone on record saying he could not have put me over any stronger than he did. In kind of his last significant moment in the WWF, he lost to Bret Hart in an I Quit match at WrestleMania 11. Let's hear what Roman Reigns has in the peak moments. All right, Roman Reigns in peak moments. Debuting at Survivor Series 2012, where he would interfere in the main event, and this is where the Shield debuted. Peak moments would go on to face the Wyatt family at Elimination Chamber in Raw in early 2013. He would go on to have those two WrestleMania moments with the Shields that I mentioned earlier, and then he would go on a three-match series, winning them all against Evolution, or two-match series, winning them all against Evolution, where the peak moment here where Seth Rollins turned on the Shield. He would go on to face Randy Orton at the SummerSlam 2014, and then he would go on to win oh, WrestleMania uh, as the Shield member. I mentioned this earlier. He would he would have the most Survivor Series eliminations and the most Royal Rumble eliminations. He would go on to win the Royal Rumble in 2015 on his own, and then The Rock would come endorse him, and he would get even harder viewed out the building, and it was... Not the best time for Roman Reigns and The Rock looked legit heat. And maybe we'll see where that would lead to that seven years later come this WrestleMania, hopefully anyways. So we'll see about that. Um, He would go on to face Brock Lesnar and lose a triple threat at WrestleMania 31. And then he would go on to win. He would finally get his win at the tail end of 2015 beating Sheamus at the Survivor Series and then Sheamus and then, no, he would beat Dean Ambrose at Survivor Series Sheamus would cash in and then he would finally win his belt back at at I believe Raw or TLC and then he would lose it in the Royal Rumble at Triple H and then he would win it back Tyler you ready for a hot take WrestleMania yes. 32 two and a half stars that's a hot take. <laughs> it was a fine match, but it was way too fucking long. It 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 really did stink. But it was it it's not as bad in a vacuum on a rewatch. But man, oof! Can you imagine if he just speared Triple H and they went home? Would have been perfect. They would go on to reform. Yes, that's what it should have been. <laughs> that's what they should have been. It should have been three minutes. Boom. You know what I mean? But whatever. That's booking. That's not necessarily on him. Um, so we're in 16, 17. He would go on again, up and down, up and down, up and down. He would go on to beat Roman Reigns, uh, beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania 33. 
and really we thought retiring him and ending his career. The streak was ended a few years before this, and we thought the Undertaker's career was ended here, honestly, in a way, and then Vince got him back the next year. But he had that peak moment of the night after WrestleMania 33. Tyler, I was there live. You're going to hear that a lot. But I was there live, and it was literally eight minutes of booze, and he had the crowd in his hand, and he just felt like the biggest star, and history would change, and he would be a lot in more favor, a lot quicker. And he'd probably be a babyface now, honestly, if he just went with the tribal chief character there. But hey, whatever. Uh, again, kind of still fighting upstream a little bit here, fighting upstream a little bit here. Um, would go on to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 34. Dude, he took a ass beating. Wasn't the best match, but he earned my respect that night in a way, too. Um, he delivered. He Brock beat his ass the hard way, and he took it. He would finally get his win at SummerSlam 2018. Tyler, I was there. No one cared. Um, and then he had cancer. I want. I hate to say that's peak moment, but Tyler, I was at that Rhode Island show where he. Uh, I'm a lot there for a lot of peak moments for Overraid. Um, that Rhode Island show where he he announced that he had leukemia, and um, yeah, that was sad. I'm not gonna say you know I didn't break a tear, but um. A lot of people did near me, and uh, that was definitely like, wow. That was not a lot of people knew that was coming in the company, and um, yeah, that was real. That was uh, that was a moment, and uh, him coming back. He's I'm in I'm remission remission y'all, <laughs> and uh, again, kind of treading treading water for another year, uh, leading into WrestleMania 36 where he went away, and then he would return WrestleMania. I mean, SummerSlam 2020 and that memorable, memorable moment, saving SmackDown, defeating The Fiend and Braun Strowman the next week at Payback. That was kind of a little foresight there that they had a pay-per-view the next week, but that's okay. They wanted to get the big dog where he needed to be, get him in God mode, and he got in God mode, and he's been on a hell of a run ever since peak moments. Um, Jesus, the Uso feud, KO feud. The Edge in Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania, unbelievable under the radar match in this run. Uh, Daniel Bryan retiring him. Where'd he, where's he been, anyways? Um, <laughs> the Edge match, uh, fuck, returning in the Cena match. That M- Cena returning after the Edge match, Money in the Bank, unbelievable moment. They had a, a fairly good to great match at SummerSlam. I, I wouldn't go four. But I think out of respect and star power and presence and it was a slow build in moments. Um, uh, it would be a light four. Um, but anyways, um, again, unbelievable moment when Brock returned there. So the, all these these mountains, mountains, Edge, Brian, um, Cena, Lesnar, just mountains, mountains, mountains throwing at him. And um, he's climbing, he's climbing, he's beating them all. And he's growing, he's, his star power is growing, he's building, and he's just getting there. And then a series with Brock, really great TV with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it's dead. It's it's in a coffin, nail on the ground, start, stop, start, stop. No, day one's a little weird. Royal Rumble's a little weird. Saudi's a little weird. A little bit, not enough, a little too much, pull back curtain, you know, COVID, not yet, start, stop, Heyman moving around, but the TV is excellent, 
He rejuvenate. He helps rejuvenate, rejuvenate Brock. And I love this SummerSlam match. The WrestleMania match, eight minutes. It was fine. Three and a half stars. But it's eight minutes short. Roman thought he popped his shoulder out and Brock was a little concussed. The biggest match of them all unifying those titles is a moment. Even though it was a letdown, but it was built as the biggest WrestleMania match ever. They kind of had to, but that's because the build was good enough to get it there. And then afterwards, this Drew stuff, we'll get into that about when we get to his resume. But this Drew stuff was a moment, dude. It felt big. It delivered. Roman was fantastic in that match. Um, and it was just a memorable UK show built on the back of Roman Reigns with support from Drew McIntyre, even though Drew was presented as a star and presented as the moment to be the star. But that's because he was slaying, trying to slay the big dog and the real star was Roman Reigns. And he was just excellent in that match. So those are Roman's peak moments. I'll go Roman on this one, I think. I think his peak moments they're I mean, high. To me, that one, this one was pretty, pretty cut and dried towards Roman. Although I, I do think that you should not sell Drew McIntyre short. I think that we're not going to do one on Drew, but I wouldn't say that he was a guest star on Roman's show or whatever you said there. So he was well, pretty over. Yes. Here's the thing. If Drew McIntyre is going up there to face Seth Rollins, if Drew McIntyre is going up there to because face Seth Rollins, Rollins sucks. <laughs> if he's going he's up to face him, but <laughs> dude, Roman Reigns is a two-year champion going into that match, and like to the date, and they presented Drew as the big enough star, but AJ, Seth, guys, two tiers below Roman. That match felt so big on the back of Roman Reigns, and Drew McIntyre did a great, great job of setting the table too. But Roman made the dinner right you know well, yeah because he is that two-year champ and he's been you know yeah. he's he has knocked that out of the park i'm not saying that but but they did such a good well drew, drew warranted he's from the uk yeah. and he definitely stepped up and i just thought i just thought that was excellent i thought that was big time i thought that was a, a wwe i know it's recency bites it was two weeks ago so it's hard to be like oh my god moment but I just think both those guys knocked that out of the fucking park. And it was it's just on the back of Roman's two-year title reign, but I'm not trying to take anything away from Drew, yeah. but he ain't getting on that height if it ain't for Roman. I wish I'd have put him over, but uh, I wish I'd have found a way to split the titles or something Absolutely. and give you, him his you, moment. You hear me on CNH, that's all I talk about. Split those damn yeah. belts. It would have been a perfect oh, time God. to do it, but yeah. um, they didn't. I'm And I'm glad they didn't at the end of the day. The money was with, with Roman but the moment would have been with Drew. And I'll take the money over the moment because that moment can be anywhere. Uh, but that was excellent. We'll get Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later too. All right, so Drew McIntyre, check. All right, what do you got for storylines? It's kind of similar, so let's kind of, you know, let's not harp on a little bit too much, but, you know, we, you, know what, you know what I get. What have yeah, we so, touched on with peak moments? Uh, so, you know, the, the first storyline was kind of chasing – Superstar Billy Graham, uh, and they feuded even after he won the t- after Backlund won the title. This included, you know, a variety of rematches, including a Sicilian stretcher match, which I had not seen before. But uh, it's basically not a stretcher that you roll out on wheels, but like looks like they it was used in World War II. It had the like canvas on it. The referees dropped him at least three times, but uh, but anyway, hopefully. 
Graham knew that because I'd hate to be on his bad side. Um, later, Backlund would team with the High Chief Peter Maivia to chase the tag team titles, but Maivia turned on Bob, costing him the titles. So, and then Backlund cut an enraged promo saying, "I'm going to kill that son of a bitch," which shocked me to to learn that because that did not seem like what I would think of as Backlund's character. Um, and Backlund would feud with Maivia until January 1979 when he won a steel cage match for the blow-off at Madison Square Garden. Um, so he had a, a storyline where he was feuding with Antonio Inoki, and Inoki won the WWF title from Backlund in Japan in November of 1979, with Backlund winning a rematch in December, although it was ruled a no contest due to interference from Tiger Jeet Singh. So Inoki remained the champion, but he refused it, and uh, the WWF never even recognized this title change anyway because it all happened in Japan, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I I guess that thing happened most of the happened quite often back then because uh, there was no internet to call him on this bullshit. But, uh, he feuded with Pat Patterson a number of times in 1979 in a series of really good matches, and also feuded with Greg Valentine, which he would continue to do throughout his run, including a Broadway draw on 2 in a match that made my GWWE match list as well. Uh, I talked a little bit about his feud with Ken Patera in that Texas death match. And um, him, I also mentioned him teaming with Pedro Morales and defeating the Wild Samoans at the showdown in Shea. In 1981, he had a series of matches with Stan Hansen throughout March and April, including a blow-off cage match at MSG, which is, seemed to be kind of how they would build feuds. They'd build it up for a couple months and do the do the loop and then have a blow-off cage match at Madison Square Garden. Um, he also had a similar feud with Sergeant Slaughter, and that led to a great cage match in March of 1981. Uh, okay, so Greg Valentine was a regular challenger for Backlund's title, and in in October of 1981, Backlund pinned Valentine after a ref bump, but the ref was dazed, and he got up, and he handed the title to Valentine, who was celebrating. Now, they were both wearing black tights, but first, the ref counted without seeing who he was counting. He was looking down, kind of at the mat. And second, Valentine gets up and celebrated when he was definitely not on top making the cover. He was the one being pinned. So that led me to question whether Greg Valentine actually knew how to win a match at this time. And most ridiculously, the title is held up simply because the ref was a moron and handed the title to the wrong person. And again, Bob's crackerjack manager, Arnold Skolan, just basically does nothing here, despite his client getting royally fucked. Um, they have a rematch that Backlund wins, and this is not acknowledged outside of New York and was never recognized, so the official canon is still that Backlund had one continuous title reign in his first run, but I guess this was just just an angle that they ran strictly in New York. Um, so let's see, 1982. A lot of these are less storylines and just he would have his challenger 
of the month and you know he'd go through snooka and adonis and valentine and buddy rose and superstar billy graham and that's kind of a challenge that he they have at this time the, the storylines are not very well drawn out so and i'd mentioned you know 1983 is when he changes his look dramatically uh crew cut singlet he loses a lot of muscle mass quickly around this time too so he just looked like he turned into an old man overnight um and I, i'm not sure if that was intentional to cool him off in preparation for hogan taking over or if he was just making these choices and was just a bit clueless so um and i mentioned the the loss of the iron sheik sculling through in the towel on behalf of bob which did protect him if nothing else so um and Bob would endorse Hogan, who kind of took his rematch when he was, and then Bob was kind of moved down to the card and would leave for nine years. So when he returned in 92, he's having mostly mid-card matches. He did have that Iron Man run in the 93 Rumble uh, and would challenge Shawn Michaels for the IC title in a few matches and had the WrestleMania match with Razor. Uh, but his first storyline was... Uh, in that match with Bret Hart on Superstars, it's billed as an old generation versus new generation. Bret wins the match. Backlund kind of mistakenly thought he had won and started celebrating. And then Bret rolled him up. And then he, he turns heel, snapping that cross-faced chicken wing. He begins dressing in suits and bow ties, playing the character of this out-of-touch, you know, eccentric, old crazy guy trying to teach the new generation a lesson, you know, doing the presidents and all that. So, so that was really his storylines kind of take off a little bit more in that run in the '90s. So uh, that of course allowed Bob to challenge for the title at Survivor Series, um, and you know Owen Hart's just working his mom the whole time. That's kind of the story of the match is, is Owen trying to get Helen to throw in the towel because Brett's in pain, and that that goes on for a while, but eventually you know it, she does throw it in and he becomes a two-time champion. Uh, loses to Diesel in eight seconds at the house show. Um, continued that feud with uh, with Brett and kind of he's he's ingrained in that Hart family trauma and feud. Uh, has that tag match with Brett or tag match with Owen against Brett and Bulldog on the Action Zone. Um, and then he he and Brett's feud comes to a close at WrestleMania 11 in the I Quit match, which Brett won. Um, Backlund would lose to Brett by DQ on the November 21st Raw in his last TV match, although he had some dark pay-per-view matches and competed in the Royal Rumble. And he would later join forces with his former foe, the Iron Sheep, to manage the Sultan in 1996. That's what I have for... Bob's storylines. All right. So I'm just going to kind of like gloss over because I I just don't want to be repetitive. I've already hit him a lot. So the Shield, epic run, Wyatt families within the Shield being the biggest and then ending with evolution. Then the kind of the Shield destructs a little bit. He's a little he delves a little bit in that. But his biggest feud coming of that is Randy Orton, who is kind of at the tail end of his authority run which would leave into triple h triple h's authority run we already hit that wrestlemania 
coming out of that is a little still little murky waters they have a, a kind of like a he's like the ic champ he well first of all, like he's the world champ until the draft and then he gets suspended for peds and then he comes back and he's like the u.s and ic champ just to kind of make him the triple threat and to kind of not shove him down our face but they're still kind of shoving us down our face in a weird way um he kind of feuds with like elias in like Strowman. This is like where he's the best with Strowman, like Lashley, Ziggler, those type of people. So like up the upper mid card of Raw, it's really a placeholder to get him to Brock again. Hey, it's gonna be a common occurrence. <laughs> you know what I mean? He has that weird Joe backlash match, which is just like should have been awesome on paper, but really, really, really wasn't. Finishes it off with Brock again, and then he kind of. The Shield's kind of a thing again, where it's this time against Strowman, McIntyre, and Ziggler. But then he has rem- he's back in remission. And um, Leukemia comes back, and he's gone for six months. He returns to WrestleMania in a Drew McIntyre feud. And that Drew McIntyre feud kind of feels forced. It was it's kind of bad use of Drew. And it's really not their time to go at it. Drew had a lot of momentum, They and they kind of just zapped it by throwing him with Roman and they had that really weird WrestleMania 35 match. I don't remember. I don't, you know, I don't really remember much from <laughs> that match. If it was good, bad or indifferent, really, I think it was short, honestly. And then he kind of has like, he just kind of chills on SmackDown. He's in you know, like this weird buddy Murphy, Daniel Bryan thing. He's really awesome. Daniel Bryan, bludgeon brother match right before they go to Fox. That, that match is like a low key banger. And is a, a an example of him being like an, an awesome tag worker. But then again, those are you know four pretty good guys. Two against he's going against, and Brian's fucking fantastic. And then oh, he's in this like Baron Corbin feud. It's terrible. And they, it, it ends with like a dog food match at Russell. And then they have a blow off at, at the Royal Rumble blow off. Ain't too bad, but it's just Baron Corbin who is actually the last guy to pin him. Believe it or not. So I believe that just went over a thousand days too. So this is the time period at the start of Fox where Roman Reigns gets pinned by Baron Corbin and maybe a tag match or something. I'm not sure, but that's a thousand days. So that's a lot of equity built into someone in the future, but that's a pretty cool stat. Again, this is, he leads into Goldberg. It doesn't happen. Comes back and he goes in God mode, uh, beats the fiend. Doesn't really get into a feud with the fiend beats Strowman. Doesn't really get into a feud with Strowman. The Jey Uso stuff, man. Unbelievable. This stuff, Jey Uso, he's a floundering tag guy whose brother gets hurt. He He's in like doing weird con- contests where he's con- being judges to karaoke. He's in single matches in, in the lower card on an empty arena SmackDown. It's just weird. Very weird. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And then he just becomes the tribal chief after this Jey Uso feud. He becomes the tribal chief. He's the head of the family. He when when they beat him, uh, when he beats him, I think at Clash or Hell in the Cell, where Afa and Sika come out with the fucking lays. That's just an awesome moment. And then reluctantly, Jay just bows and he gets beaten into submission. And he's just they might cash it in one day, but he's just this hateable heel. That he's just triggered. Jey Uso was triggered coming out of this feud, and um, it was just super well done, super memorable. Um, Jey Uso had a lot of se- equity. 
I mean, a lot of sympathy. Um, and there's equity there one day if they want to cash that in. I don't know how, but um, they just to take Jay Uso, who is a career tag guy, and just really elevate him up to his level for a few months was really cool and just showed how like big of a star Roman became. Uh, he would go on to face KO. KO stuff was pretty good. Actually, Loki kind of really good. Some of the best stuff in his early run. Um, the edged Edrew win the Rumble. Edrew faced him at WrestleMania. Wasn't off to the best start. They in- incorporated Brian, and they, the WrestleMania match was just unbelievable. I have it four and three quarters. We'll get into it in the rash resume. I love that WrestleMania match. Uh, and then he would have the Brian blow off, ending Brian's career with the WWE for now. Um, and then he would go to Edge, to Cena. The Cena stuff felt big. Coming out of the Cena stuff, Roman felt like he teared up. Cena did a really good job. It kind of goes under the radar because it was so fresh to the new coming back with crowds. But just Cena did such a good job with raising Roman stock and making Roman feel like an 11 when he was at a 10. Um, Just kudos to John Cena. He's a part-time guy, of course. But, man, he brought the goods when he came back. Um. A really low-key good feud with Finn Balor that ended in a really weird, like, where the demon died and he had, like, the like this, this is the last Vince-ism of, like, weirdness, where he was like, the SmackDown match is excellent, by the way, it's a hidden gem, but the Hell in a Cell, I mean, the Extreme Match rules, it, it, it's good, three and three quarters, um, probably hurts a little bit with the weird, like, out-of-body experience, um, that's, that was weird, not gonna lie, um, but the really good chemistry between them. And uh, I'll mention this in the match resume. Those guys had a really cool banger in tw- at the end of 2018 on Raw. I had it four and a quarter, too. So that's like a little match resume thing. I in case if I forget it there, I wanted to mention it here when I had Drew. Coming out of that, this is where he started playing ping pong with Brock. First at Crown Jewel, then he went to Big E. Had a really, 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 really good match with Big E. Not a home run, but a pretty good match with Big E. But that, but the problem was Big E was hot for a few months. Big E was doing really well as champion from September to November. And uh, Roman star power kind of cucked Big E in a way. Um, but that ain't on Droman. That's on the booking and kind of Big E. But um, that's just, he's, he's the dude. He's the dude. I missed a rave feud, but it was whatever. Um, coming out of that with Big E, he would go on to face Seth Rollins. Well, he would face Brock Lesnar at day one, but it would get delayed he, because of COVID. He would go on to face Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble, and he would lose via disqualification. Um, I think we, there's still more, a little more juice there, but very good match. Um, Goldberg, we finally got our Goldberg match. It was fun. Not a bad Goldberg match. I think I had two and a half stars. Yeah, I'm saying two and a half stars, but it was cool. Probably Goldberg's best match outside of Lashley, not the SummerSlam one, the other Saudi one. So um, Roman did really good with Goldberg in that spot. I get go on to Brock Lesnar. After Brock Lesnar, we would really kind of, this is where he kind of slows down. He's a little injured after WrestleMania, but he has that awesome six-man tag at Backlash of WrestleMania with the Bloodline versus RK-Bro and Drew McIntyre. He was leading to an Randy Orton match at SummerSlam, but Orton hurt his back. So on that road, he had a really awesome match with Matt Riddle on SmackDown in June, I want to say. I had it four and a quarter stars. We'll get over that. But after that match, we had the return of Brock Lesnar in the whole world groaned. 
but they finally got their blow off. Um, I love this spectacle. I don't even know what to call it a match, but it's a last minute standing match. And last minute standing matches are wonky and weird, but I thought they blowed it out of the park and no one wanted to see it. But at the end of the day, it was the perfect way to blow off their mega long feud. Uh, very good feud, just weird timing within that feud. And then the last feud here is the Drew McIntyre feud. So well built up. Fantastic feud. Um, so well done. Epic WWE TV uh, legacy stuff, honestly. Uh, um, I don't want to throw that word around lightly, but legacy stuff. And that's where we're at right now. He's not working extreme rules. And the word on the street is he's got a big match set up for the Survivor Series and then day one. Um, so we'll see where he lands before the end of the list. But that's what we got for storylines. Uh, I just took that as an opportunity to kind of hit his current run so I don't have to do it again. Where, what do you got, Tyler? Yeah, so I think that, uh, you know, that neither of these guys have the storyline depth that you would hope for, that they should for their time at the top of the card, because uh, storylines were virtually non-existent in the late 70s and early 80s, and in the modern times, they mostly suck uh, during, you know, Roman's time with the company. Yeah. But that said, I think that Roman takes this one, so I think he's had enough good storylines really almost all i mean i think that's this last two-year run that you're yeah i was just saying this whole run is kind of a a continuous storyline and the brock business as a whole from summerslam 2021 to summerslam 2022 i think that was a really good storyline so you know i just think it was very good tv yeah their history just throughout you know, it's too run. long, but it's too long. But it's so you want to talk about highs and lows there. Yeah. So I mean, I think that their first outing there at WrestleMania 31, that's a fantastic match. That's an all timer. Yep. And I I really liked you know like you had mentioned the SummerSlam one. I liked that as a just a spectacle. I mean, yes. you know, I mean I thought it was I thought it was well done. And I sometimes that stuff can really miss for me. But, but that didn't. So no, they, I I I truly believe they hit that out of the park. He's in God mode, man. Uh, I'm gonna just gonna go Roman. I understand the lows, but just this run now of this continuous tribal chief storyline, and I don't think it's gonna culminate with the Rock, but I think it's gonna peak with the Rock, and then it's time to make someone. So we're not even I, done here. I think that you guys. I think that's wishful thinking. I don't know if I were the Rock and the one of the most famous movie stars and in the world i'm not coming back for a wrestling match that i don't know how is what his insurance looks like but i probably don't risk that no, I get but it, but maybe I he does to help his cousin out it's there. One, I don't know. one one it's family and two it's kind of like uh, i want to go out I got one more in me, you know, everyone, they always got one more in them, you know, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, we got one more in us, like, let's just, fin- let's just go out on our own, you know what I mean? And, you know, yeah, a child's already done friend- that, though. I mean, I that's, know. that's what you did with Cena. Yeah, but you really want to go out with Cena. <laughs> nah, he should have gone out, he, he should have gone out with the first Cena match. That, yes, absolutely. I love the first Cena match. I thought, all right, so promo skills and Bob, what you got? Yeah, so I didn't expect much from Bob as a promo, but I found some surprisingly firing promos. So 
he cut one after being whipped with a belt by Sergeant Slaughter, and he's talking about hiding the footage from his daughter, but they found the tape, and he had to look at the tears in her eyes, and it's just really good stuff. Uh, I think he did a good job snapping during his heel turn and then backing that up with the promo on Scotland. And uh, one thing I think that's a bit of a challenge is that most of us are watching footage of Bob from 30 years after the fact from his original main event run. So, you know, I find that a lot of matches exist, but fewer promos exist. So I kind of consider it more of an incomplete than a passing or failing grade. But but again, I, I found some stuff that's, you know, I was pretty pleasantly surprised with. What do you got for Roman here? All right. So Roman and promos. I had sucker in suck attach. And that's um, the peak of his promos. <laughs> um, no, um, honestly, just like charisma, less is more here. Um, he delivers a hell of a promo now. It adds to his aura, but it's 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 really short and precise. Um, he's really failed in the John Cena role of going out there and talking for 10 plus minutes. He can't do that. He and he's not even like on Triple H's level with that, honestly. So it's just that's just not his lane. And let's stay in your lane. But with his star power comes decent promos. Um, he has a lot of smoke and mirrors around him with the with the Usos and Heyman. And Heyman does a great job talking for him when it matters. But Roman can go out there and deliver a great promo. Angry Roman nowadays is fantastic. Um, Roman after defeating WrestleMania at WrestleMania 33 after feeding Undertaker was fantastic, but it wasn't much. It was just presence and charisma. Um, I don't want to say I think he's a better promo than Bob just based off of right now. But when I think Bob Backlund, I think decent promos, but I think it's more character work. And I think the same with Roman. Uh, I don't want to leak too much into that category, but I don't want to say Roman Reigns is a blue, like a blue chip promo, but I think that he has blue st- blue chip charisma in that promo lane. So it's it's Tyler. It's honestly hard to kind of explain. I don't want to say he's a bad promo. I want to say he's a good promo, but I don't want to say he's an excellent promo because he's not. But just to kind of sum it up, less is more. And whenever a mic is in his hand, I'm listening. So is he a bad promo? Get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I had him equal here. Um, and I'm not bad the at stuff that you said. Yeah. You know, uh, I think this is another time where Roman's got the highs and then he's got the lows. I mean, you mentioned it. Suffering Succotash is the, the one everybody's going to point to. And, you know, curse the guy, curse the writer flunky that wrote that shit. But, you know, and I, I know he was doing his job. You know, if my boss told me to do that. Maybe I'd do that. But he should have wadded that up and just said, screw this. I'm not doing it. Um, and he probably could have done that a lot long, a lot earlier than he probably thought he could. But, but that's neither here nor there. I'm uncomfortable going equal. You know, again, with Bob, there's a lot that's just kind of either lost to time or they didn't rely on him heavily for that. So I, I'm not totally comfortable saying that he's a great promo either. Some of the ones I saw I was impressed with, and I've seen some good stuff out of Roman too. 
as well as you know some of that other stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I'm content going equal side just because. Yes, he's in he he's in God mode right now. But there was that five year gap where a lot of the rejection were due to promos not being able to connect with promos. Not like when he was doing these promos in that five year round, he just looked and felt so goddamn fake. You know, he felt eye rolling and it felt inducing. It felt like, ugh, you know. And then just an example at that end of 2017 feud, Cena ate his lunch, bro. You know, Cena crushed him. Um, like he's like, bro, you, you ain't on anywhere near my level, and he wasn't. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's John Cena. He's an all-time guy, especially in the promo category, but. Cena ate his lunch, dude. Like, that was embarrassing. High key. You know what I mean? Not even low key. High key. That was embarrassing. And to kind of go full circle, to watch them interact around 2021, Roman was there. But less is more. So depth-wise, I'll go equal sign, too. All right. So, character work in Mr. Backlund. Yes. So he's got some high points and some low points here, as you know, as does uh, our other subject that we've mentioned. Um, so Bob's initial character was the all-American boy from Princeton, Minnesota, and that is exactly how he was built. I'm not being a smartass. That's what Vince would say on commentary for Bob in the 70s and 80s pretty much every time he hit the ring. And Again, it, it sounds dorky, but it kind of worked. The fans were mostly with him, other than, like, Superstargram did have a few fans, you know, at the very start of the run. And then I've talked about that, the end of the run in 83, he changed his appearance and everything. Um, and then he's gone from 84 to 92. But when he returns, you know, he's he's like the same old Bob in a bad way. So he's still doing the things that were turning fans off in 1983. And they really weren't having it in 93. So, uh, like, he does this thing where uh, he's doing an atomic drop, but he holds his opponent up in the air for several seconds, runs across the ring before delivering it. And it it just looked really odd even back in the 80s, but I kind of chalked it up to exaggerating uh, and playing to the cheap seats. Uh, It was even a finisher in the 70s. So, (laughs) Ryan, can you imagine a match being finished with an atomic drop? I have seen it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but in the nineties, this, what's that? It said it smells like the early 1980s. No seventies. That one was in the, oh, by the time the eighties rolled around, I think they needed to be a little more than that. So, um, but in the nineties, this, it looked really dumb. So, you know, it's, it's no wonder JP and Slomka hate him in 93. Uh, again, another plug for that new gen on a mission on the North-South connection. So so I get where they were coming from. But I do have to say that that time period doesn't last. As once he turns on Bret Hart in that Superstars match, then I think his bitter old man heel character was really interesting and unique at the time. And he could still go in a technical match on the mat. So, you know, pairing him with Bret worked out really well. So I think from a, a character standpoint, the heel character is his best work, and it really adds to Bob's case. So making it a more well-rounded case. What do you got for the tribal chief? All right. 
character work, man. This is this is where he kind of thrives. You know, I recency bias. I hate to harp on it, but there was some decency before this. He was a really good character within the Shield. We talk about him growing within the Shield and rising within the Shield, and then we talk about him growing and well, rising. Hold on. Can I, can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. What was his character in the Shield? You. It was guy in the shield. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but the presence, the character, the top guy, you know, like Roman Reigns, like he's the guy that takes over. He was taken over. All right. So, all right. Then the Princeton bad, like whatever, like the Princeton bad boy, his character was he's the top guy. He's the shield. He's here to protect the guy. He's protecting CM Punk. But really, what was the shield? Yeah, they were stars, man. They were there and they were there to protect their spot. They were young rookies there to protect their spot, really. They were so they were brought in to protect CM Punk, but they pivot off that real quick, and then they were there just to protect their spot and just tr- the hounds of justice. They were just trying to make themselves. They were presenting themselves in the upper card, and they were there to save it. So was there no character work? No, but there was there was enough character and star presence to make it work. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you don't need a gimmick to be a star. You know, he was Roman Reigns, the big dog. Right. That's, yeah, that's what he's pretty much been until the, the recent one. But that's all right. So, sorry, well, go I, on. I, just, I understand that. But, you know, it just, they're, the hound, he was the hounds of justice. And he grew within that role. And the goal was to get him, to, you know, one, he was protecting his spot character-wise, storyline-wise. But it was to get him ready for the spot so it was the the character was of him it was the character was of him being a star so it's a shitty case but i tried to make it but he did well within that spot all right so let's take that away instead of character it it was a spot and he did well within that spot and he grew within that spot to get to the top dog which is the big dog the ooh ah man and again, you want to ask, what is that? Sorry, he's not a plumber. <laughs> so I don't know. Like he's the he's the second. He's the cousin of the Rock. He's the third generation. He's the top dog of the Anawani family, which leads him to the real character work. Now that we get the tribal chief, we talk about that character work and really that grunt work of acting he did within the Jey Uso feud. It was yeah, Jey Uso was a was a a pivotal point to move him to where he got to be. But Jey Uso was made bec- off the back of Roman Reigns's character work, all that pent up rage and emotion that he would m- emote in the cat, all that rejection he would emote in an empty arena that he would just stare and talk shit to Jey Uso in that match and talk shit to the fans and just talk shit to the people at home. It's an empty arena. You're going to gaze off to your phone and you're going to daze off and fucking not pay attention to half of it. But when Roman Reigns is there, you're going to pay attention to that. And that's because of the character work of the tribal chief. The tribal chief is the head of the table. The head of the table is the big dog, what he's supposed to be the whole time. But now he's just taking the back road and he's working and he's, dialing into his famous family legacy and blah 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 and he is just the head of, he's just the top dude he finally got into the role so at the end of the day he never had the gimmick of a rapper turned into the hustle lorry through respect or he was never 
really what was Rocky Maivia? Rocky he Roman Reigns low key is kind of like Rocky Maivia was a legacy guy. Roman Reigns was presented as a legacy guy. He was a blue guy. chipper. Yeah. He was a blue chipper. Yeah. That's kind of what Roman Reigns is. He's a blue chipper. He's an ex football player turned into what's a blue chipper? A, pro, a hot prospect? Honestly, that's kind of what Roman Reigns was. He was that handpicked guy just like The Rock. So that's why I think there's such a good story there at the end. But that story, he needs to climax as being the head of the table. Can he beat The Rock, his cousin, at WrestleMania? We'll see. We'll see. But just the character work within whatever gimmick he has now that he brings to the table as the tribal chief, you know, the, just the whole package of presence, charisma, star power. He doesn't need a gimmick. He is the gimmick. And that gimmick is the best wrestling in the world. PWIs. Number one, 2022, Roman Reigns, the big dog, man. <laughs> you know, he, yeah, I'm sorry he's not a, an electrician, a plumber, a trash man or whatever. He doesn't need to be. He's the he's the blue chipper. I wish we, I wish we thought of that one earlier because that's what his gimmick is. And now he's that flourishing prospect that just keeps hitting home runs, man. He's Roman How Reigns. How dare you take hot? How dare you take shots at T.L. Hopper? <laughs> hey, man, I'm a plumber. Where do you, ha- where do you have T.L. Hopper on your list? Uh, probably 99, you know, um, I, I, he might get plunged out, but, um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. You, you like that? But, um, it's just, it's just this character work ties into the charisma, the star power, even a little bit of the promos that we talked about earlier. A lot of that overlaps here in less is more. You don't need, you don't need a lot more of a character work when you got it. And he's always had it, but it's really highlighted and it's really in bold right now. And it is working. So I don't know. What do you do? You want to go with Bob's depth and flexibility or you want to go on Roman's home run last two years? So I think these two are really similar here. I I mean, I, I think just in an interesting way, they are in that both baby faces were essentially just either the champ or a main eventer. And I mean, Bob was an all American boy on top of that, but I, you know, that doesn't add much depth to it. So, um, I think both heel characters are really interesting. And I think that there's that parallel line that, uh, they got interesting as a heel character. So, um, I put an equal sign. Now, I, I'm going to concede that the tribal chief character has been going on longer. Um, I do wonder if it's losing a little bit of steam. I feel like it was a little hotter early, but that, you know, staying for two years, I, I got to give some props to that. So, um, and, and you may not agree with that. So, I would either go equal sign or Roman, with like a small check with Roman, because he did he has kept that heel character going longer, but it's just interesting to me that you take two wrestlers that if you, if you put them side by side and said, these guys have a really similar case, you'd say, well, they're, you're out of your mind. They like, they're, there's, they have nothing in common at all. And in reality, they, they have some things in common here. So. Yeah. Um, maybe just because I would, is this weird to say, well, here's the thing, Bob's. I don't want to diminish Bob's heel run because it was great, 
but Roman's heel run is higher. And I think that Bob was a, probably a better babyface than Roman and had a higher babyface run than Roman. But the heel run is higher on the Roman side than the Bob babyface side is higher than, you know what I mean? It's a, like a bigger check on the heel side for Roman that opposed to the check on the babyface side for Bob. But I did like Bob's heel run, if all that makes sense to you. So I do think I agree with you. It's a small check mark for Roman just based off how he's ascended his character, you know, the last two years. And a lot of that's based off character work. So his his highest career moment is based off his character work. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think that, you know, what you said, Bob gets the nod in the first babyface character, at least in the fact that it was over with the fans better than yeah. Romans. But oh, Roman absolutely. There's no debating that. Takes yeah. It. yeah, Roman takes it on the heel side, where I think they were both stronger. Yeah, they were both stronger on the heel side, but Roman was much stronger yeah. due to the height and the peak of his current run. And, you know, Bob's heel run just kind of dipped his toes in the in the main event scene really and then it kind of just went down the card and kind of turned into a joke but i thought that it was really 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 well done all All right right. but home stretch work rate and bob backlund yep so backlund's a really great technical wrestler and he's really pretty great at all types of offense Proficient on the mat. He's known for a quick burst, especially to start the matches, and then working a body part, a head scissors or an arm bar, a headlock. And he doesn't just lay around in a rest hold. He really worked the hold, cranking on headlocks and head scissors. And uh, you'll notice if you just if you haven't watched any matches from this era that he really played to the cheap seats. And so sometimes things do seem a little exaggerated, like him. He's really cranking the headlock when he looks like he's going into convulsions or he'll do a body slam or kind of planks. The guy's like a plank. And sometimes he runs across the ring before doing the atomic drop that I talked about. But he and a lot of the other wrestlers, they truly were playing to the cheap seats because, you know, before there were these huge screens at every arena and less was televised. You know, I just believe that. You know, they were really trying to make sure everyone can see what, what's going on in the story of the match. So, um, and this also led to everything they did feels important and feels like it's earned. So, like the body slam I mentioned, he, he holds him up like a plank and then just launches him. So, he doesn't just, like, do a lazy scoop slam. Uh, you can watch that in the uh, the Adonis match and the, the Patera match. You'll see those. Uh he had a lot of strongman spots, powering out of the cross-arm breaker, but then he'd, he'd often just set his opponent on the top rope instead of slamming him, you know, for reasons I'm not exactly sure of. So he could do bloody brawls when the situation called for it. Um, he did have one fairly significant flaw in that he tended to take a lot of the offense in a match. So he always st- started really strong, and he'd have a significant shine segment. And sometimes he's taking the majority of the match before the heels get in any offense. So, uh, and I think that was because he was trying to really prove himself because of the, the how do you do do you look and every things like that. And he's taking over from you know 
uh, from Billy superstar Billy Graham. So he needed to really prove that while he may be the All-American boy, he, he was also tough and he could go. Um, and because of that, he tended to work best with the big bumpers of the day. So like Sergeant Slaughter or Pat Patterson or just someone who had manic energy and is getting his offense in like a Stan Hansen. So. Uh, I do think Bob could have had an even longer list of great matches if he'd showed more vulnerability and gathered more sympathy from the crowd. But overall, I do think he's a really good, you know, work rate is, is really a strength of Backlund. Uh, I would agree. I think that Bob is a overall better worker than Roman, but Roman is a pretty good worker, but less is kind of more. Um Excellent striker. He's always been a really good striker. Um, has thrown a hell of a punch, not including a Superman punch. Roman's an excellent brawler, which I think is key as a WWE top star. Um, a lot of the, a lot of feuds get personal, and you need to be an excellent brawler, if that makes sense. Um, I think he's a great brawler. Um, that's his, probably his strength in his lane. Um, he throws a hell of a spear. Um a lot of guys throw spears. Roman sticks out as being strong. Uh, Roman is a, especially like the small stuff, like the shit talking lately as a heel. He's excelled at the small stuff. The selling was great in the Brock last man standing and the Jesus Christ, the riddle match. He was fantastic, urgent seller. And then lately, and then the last match with Drew, it was slow. It's steady to start, but Jesus Christ, um, Roman brought it. He was excellent, excellent, excellent in, the, in those three matches. So um, lately, where he's been a, like a part-time guy, he's just really excelled in the big moments. So he's wrestling less, but when he's wrestling, he seems to be giving it all. And he's really slow and methodical, but in a good way. He doesn't waste movements. He doesn't waste a lot of energy in time now without like emoting energy in his selling or his shit talking or his methodical pace of getting after you, whipping that ass and just being that dude. Um, Roman Reigns rules, um, but I wouldn't say work rate depth is his strength. So I agree. This is a check mark for Bob Backlund. Tyler. Yes, I would. I had Bob for this one. Yeah, this is probably Bob's biggest check mark, but I just kind of wanted to be like, Hey, Roman's not a bad wrestler at all. No. And, and I don't think Roman's a bad wrestler at no. all. Um, no. and, and I never have. I think in fact, the, the dark, period we talk about i think he was bringing it in the ring and i'm sure you'll you'll talk about that in the match resume um and, and we'll see that so he's um, never not brought it agree yeah and um for backland for those of you if, if there are any listeners who haven't watched his run you know his mat good matches from his his big run i mean it's it's really worth your while to seek out at least a few of these so and I'll go ahead and just uh, step right into that. Match resume, what you got? So uh, the best match, in my opinion, Bob's best match is against Ken Patera for the WWF title on in Madison Square Garden. Uh, the date is 5-19-80. Uh, 
Uh, I went four and a half stars. Um, I'd mentioned that that one was on my GWWE greatest matches of all time. So, and I know that one is available online. You can find that one. Um, I also love a match against Adrian Adonis from January 18th, 1982. So I went four and a quarter on that. Uh, I was so ready to go four and a half here, but the finish is stoppage because Backlund's bleeding. Um, so that would be my next recommendation. If you only watch two Backlund matches, that one should be one. The, those, the two that I've mentioned should be the two you should watch. Um, next, I have a match against Greg Valentine uh, on 2-19-79. And I had that one at four and a quarter, too. Uh, four and a quarter as well. And this also made my GWWE match list at, at number 92. Now, this one's a Broadway 60-minute draw, so there are some down periods, but it is a great match, and, and maybe it's the best match. Maybe it's the best WWF match of the 70s. I, I liked it a lot, and that's I think I kind of wanted to include a match from the 70s if I could find one, and that was the best one that I found. Uh, and I feel like... Bob really kind of lives in that four and a quarter to about three and three quarters. There's, he's got a lot in that range. So um, I had uh, next I had a match against Sergeant Slaughter in Philadelphia, steel cage match. Th- the date's three twenty one eighty one. Also four and a quarter uh, against Stan Hansen on two sixteen eighty one at MSG. It's also, I also had that one at four and a quarter. Uh, the cage match against Jimmy Snuka that I'd mentioned earlier from 628-82. Had that one at four and a quarter. Um, the match where he turns on Bret Hart, the Superstars match, I had that one at four and a quarter. Um, I might have been closer to four if you didn't take into account the uh, the after match angle and uh you know, I think that added that little bit, you know, so, but, you know, for a Superstars match, that's pretty damn great. Um, I had a match against, I had two matches against Pat Patterson next uh, from 9-24-79 and one from 7-30-79. Uh, both of those I had at four and a quarter still. Um, and then... I had the tag match that I mentioned with Owen Hart against Bret Hart and the British Bulldog from the Action Zone. The date is 2-26-95. That one was also four and a quarter. I have one more four and a quarter match, and that is against Greg Valentine at Madison Square Garden at 11-23-81. I had him with a four-star match against Sergeant Slaughter from 1-10-81. And uh, I had a three and three quarter star match against Ivan Koloff from eight twenty eight seventy eight. Uh, so that's you're going old school there, but that I think that's good to show Bob was was hitting on all cylinders even that early. Uh, the cage match against Stan Hansen is on four six eighty one at Madison Square Garden. I had that one at three and three quarters. Uh, that's one where. I think that Bob maybe could have sold a little better for Hanson, but still a great match. Um, I had the Survivor Series submission match against Bret Hart at three and three quarters. 
and a match against Buddy Rose, who just kind of came in for a couple months for quick feud. Uh, this one's from 8-30-82. I had that one at three and three quarters. Uh, another one against Greg Valentine at Madison Square Garden from 10-19-81. I had that one at three and a half. I had another match against Patera from MSG, 121-80 at three and a half. And another one against Sergeant Slaughter from on Valentine's Day, 214-81 at three and a half. And I'll end with one I'd mentioned in the previous episode uh, where we covered the Iron Sheik. The great Hussein Arab versus Bob Backlund, Madison Square Garden, 6-4-79, three and a half stars. What do you got for the Ooh Man, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns? Ooh. All right, you ready to rock and roll, buddy? Let's start with – I'm going to go in chronological order. All right, so the first match is the the triple set TLC match at the tail end of 2012. Uh, four, about four, four and a half stars on that one. Excellent, excellent, excellent TLC match against Ryback and Team Hell No. The, the Wyatt family – At the uh, all right, all right. So the and then we had the battleground match with Cody and Goldust at battle uh, where Cody puts his career on the line with the Rhodes family. I had that about four stars. I love that match, but honestly, the raw match about a week or so after was I think it kind of better, but under the radar. Uh, but you you don't really remember it because they're both great though. I, both, I, I love both, yeah, they're both excellent. It kind of it's really a shade of how great Cody is, honestly, too. How great Cody can be, because Cody was so good in those moments. Uh, like, uh, the, this is a, a under the radar Shield match against Christian, Brian, and Sheamus. Four stars on a SmackDown. I loved that. I remember that, and I thought it was awesome. Um, and then we have the Wyatt family stuff. I didn't re. I wasn't able to rewatch the Wyatt family stuff. But it's 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 all time. It's about four, four and a half in between that range. But um, it's at the elimination chamber, and then it's about a, again a week or so after on Raw. See the see the uh, consistency here with fucking Vince and stuff. And I believe they have a main event match after WrestleMania too, which might be their best one. But I I, I wasn't able to rewatch that one either. I really wanted to take the time to watch the Wyatt family stuff, but I just. Didn't have time. It's football season, buddy. Of course, yeah. football does now. It's tough. I think I went four and three quarters on that elimination chamber match when I did the the GWWE match list. So it, I'm right it, there with you. They're excellent, and I get Roman's one of six, but you know he's getting a lot of that shine spots. You know, um, I I dug the Orton SummerSlam match. I have that at four and uh, at twenty twenty four. Um, the, the, the rumble match is terrible. It might be the worst rated rumble match in the modern era, if not of all time, it's like barely two stars. It's, 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 you want to say it's not his fault, but it's, it's not very good. I have five stars on the Brock WrestleMania match with Rollins Cashin. I think it's fantastic. And all, and the, the Roman, ma- uh, you, the Brian matches forgot about two leading to that i wasn't able to watch it but i i know it's at least four and a half but then it's brian it's brian made my list too you know it's brian i but i didn't watch it but it's 
it's it's fantastic. This is a Zaro match here at the end of the year. I have it on my spreadsheet. I've watched it in a few years, but I have it at four. Um, it's at the end of the 2015. It's excellent. The Ambrose match where he finally wins the title at Survivor Series. It's very good. Three and a half. Nothing outstanding, but very good. Sheamus, four, four stars at TLC where Sheamus beats him. The Rumble. Again, Triple H. I, I'm not saying it's great, but it's two and a half, two and three quarters. It's it's really not great. But the fast lane match before that with Ambrose is excellent. I didn't rate it, but it's very good. All right, but here we're cooking with gas now. AJ Styles at Extreme Rules, four and three-quarter stars. Before that, at Payback, four stars. That was the no DQ match, no count out. Under the radar, yeah. under the, you know, underappreciated, under the ra- radar moment. Just really makes AJ, but it really solidifies Roman as like a worker worker B2. Um I, you know, granted, I want to give it, you know, a, a kick to AJ there, um, but man, that that that's that's peak. Mo- that's definitely on Roman's resume, 100. percent The oh, Shield. Oh, I, I I talked about that one on the AJ. Line, yeah. So AJ that's, putting him over. Now, use it all. Use it all, to AJ. Yeah. Um. Now it. This sounds disappointing. Battleground 2016. Shield four stars, but. Let's be real. Four stars is still a good match, but it's a little disappointed. You, that's a dream match, right? You think that's a dream match, but it's you feel like it might have been a little bigger. But it's weird timing with the Roman suspension, the Rollins cat. You know, Rollins is back and he's hot, but he's going to be on ice for Triple H. And it's th- it's time to make Ambrose. So it's kind of like weird timing, but it's just it's just a weird vibe. But four stars is nothing to sneeze at. All right, KO at the Rumble 17, very good match. Four and three or four in a quarter stars. Um, this is where Jericho was in the Shark Cage. Strowman interferes, but it's 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 fantastic. Um, Taker at WrestleMania, I got it at two and three quarters. Under it shouldn't be on his resume, but it, again, I just wanted to mention it one more time. Uh, Rollins match here, four stars on Raw. Um, it's under the radar. It's not all time, but four stars is great. You know, I think that's very, very good under the radar raw match. I like just include some of these SmackDown and raw matches just to keep show the consistency because they kind of fly into the radar. A lot of, especially a lot of the times with these, um, projects, they don't really get mentioned. Um, the ambulance match at great balls of fire against Braun Strowman. It's kind of their best match. Um, it, again, this is a more memorable feud than it should be. It's way better than it should be. It's kind of like a, it's kind of Brock Roman style where it's ebb and flows as peaks and valleys, but this is the one where it kind of hits, uh, the, the great balls of fire ambulance match. I went four stars on it actually. Yeah. I thought it was really, I I like that match. And I think if there's, if you want to talk about Roman's case of like, I, I, I want to stop just short of saying carrying someone, but definitely yeah. bringing someone up a level. It's that feud because uh, Strowman got votes in the last the last time we did this, which sounds absolutely absurd saying it now, but it's because it was right on the heels of. I voted Roman for. Feud. And you did. Okay. I think he, he was in the '90s for me. Had, well, I would hope <laughs> he voted for him. He wasn't higher, but anyhow. So. I just well, it was one of those like 
all right, he's going to project to be this. And it was off the heels of a really good year and a half based off the Roman stuff. But here's the call. In ring work, Roman can bring physicality, and Braun Strowman is a guy that needs physicality, and they're the perfect mesh together, to be honest. So that's kind of how they fall there. Uh, And then he ends September-ish, ends the year, around the year, with a very good John Cena match at No Mercy. I have it at four stars. And then a pretty cool Shield versus New Day match at Survivor Series 2017, three and three quarters. Again, not a home run match, but a really cool match. And then I have... Then I have um, the, I have a match with Samoa Joe at Raw 25 for the Intercontinental Championship at four stars. Um, he was in the Rumble that year. He was really good in the Rumble that year. This is the one Nakamura won we talked about. Roman was really good. That's a four and a half star match. I, get, I, I know it's the Rumble, but he was really, really good in it. Again, chemistry with Braun in a gauntlet match on Raw on a two-hour match with Raw. Uh, Roman and Seth were really good in this gauntlet match. Strowman ended up winning it, winning it but um, they, those two were like the, had two separate runs. You know, gauntlet matches started to become staples of uh, Monday Night Raw, especially around Elimination Chamber mat time. And those guys went out there and kind of like a, a, a low-key banger of a two-hour gauntlet match, and they kind of really pinned it there where those guys were the pinpoints of it so i just got you know it's it's silly it's a silly match but it's his resume i wanted to bring it up uh a drew mcintyre versus finn balor versus roman reigns triple threat match in the summer of 2018 i have that at four stars this is this is one of my favorite matches of 2018 uh, a singles match for the universal championship on raw 20 minutes four and a quarter stars against finn balor on raw the sh- uh, then they get some like three and a half star, the three to three and a half, three to three and a quarter star matches with the Shield versus like Corbin, Lashley, and Drew around the Saudi shows and Super Showdowns, and it gets a little weird and wonky with the Shield, they hot and cold, hot and cold. Uh, four stars, like I mentioned earlier. Brian and Roman versus the Bludgeon Brothers at Hell in the Cell. I love this tag match. It's a tornado tag match. If you're just into fun intensity, this is this is the match to do it. He was really, really good in the Survivor Series 2019 match where it was SmackDown versus Raw versus NXT. That final stretch with Keith Lee was fantastic. Um, this is one of Roman's best work rate matches, like in a big, big setting. And then he goes away. Um he was a part he was really good in the tail end of the Drew McIntyre Royal Rumble. He helped make Drew down the stretch there. All right, and then let's let's hit the big stuff. You know, this is this run. Jay Uso Clash of Champions four stars. Jay Uso four and a quarter stars held in the cell I quit. Drew McIntyre Survivor Series 2020 four and a half stars. TLC versus Kevin Owens, four and a quarter stars. Steel Cage match, three and three quarter stars. Kevin Owens on a smack, I think the Christmas SmackDown. Now we're in 2021. Royal Rumble, four stars against Kevin Owens. Last man standing. Excellent, excellent match. Empty arena. They did a really great job. Just the ending with, uh, with the handcuffs hurt the match for me a little bit. But great physicality, great match in an empty arena between them two. Uh, Fast Lane, D 
Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, four and a quarter stars with Edge as the enforcer. WrestleMania 37, triple threat for the Universal Championship. 22 minutes, three and three quarter stars. This is an all-time match for me. I love this match. One of the best matches of Roman's run. Four and a quarter stars. Hold on. You, okay, you said three and three quarters on, four on and three. WrestleMania. That, that's what I thought. Okay. Four and three quarters. Yeah. Four and three quarters. Sorry. Good catch. Good catch, Tyler. Um, yeah. It's a lot of quarters and stars here, buddy. Four and a half, four and a quarter stars. Brian must leave SmackDown if he loses. He ends up leaving the WWE. Cesaro, Extreme Rules, or WrestleMania Backlash, four and a quarter. Rey Mysterio, Hell in a Cell on a SmackDown, three and three quarters. That's really three and three quarters. Edge, three and three quarters at Money in the Bank. Um, John Cena at SummerSlam, a week four. <laughs> Finn Balor on SmackDown, three and three quarters. Bobby Lashley versus Big E versus Roman Reigns on Raw, four and a quarter stars. Early September in Raw, I think it was a, a verse uh, a week or two after uh, Big E won the title. This is this is the week of Extreme Rules, and this this is just an unbelievable under the radar triple threat match. You got three hosses in there, fucking rocking and rolling. That's a really really cool match. Um, three. Definitely four and a quarter stars. If you're looking for a fucking Haas three-way battle, go watch that match. Finn Balor, that four and three-quarter wonky ending, but, you know, good physicality, extreme rule match. Crown Jewel, Brock Lesnar, three and three quarters. Um, King Woods, three and a quarter, you know, three and a quarter, loser must kneel match, whatever. Big E at Survivor Series, four stars. Rollins, home stretch now, 2021. Rollins, Royal Rumble, four stars. Bloodline versus RK Bro and Drew McIntyre, four and a quarter stars. WrestleMania Backlash. Riddle versus Roman Reigns, four and a quarter. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, last man standing, three and three quarters. Unbelievable spectacle. I'll go, I'll ride or die for that match. And then we have Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns, Clash of the Castle, four and three quarter stars from about two weeks ago. So. That's what I have for his resume. It is deep. It is hard. I have one at five stars, WrestleMania 31. Uh, more of the moment, but I feel like they had a chance to make it five stars just to how that match was building. I have a shitload at four and three quarters, and I just think it's super deep here, man. I I, I listed a lot. What do you think? It's oh, hard to sure. the, the recent guys get the bump here, honestly. To be, oh, yeah. You know, to be true, but... This guy has a lot of chances, and he and he hits a lot of doubles and triples. Oh yeah, I mean, Roman takes this category. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, debate that. So, um, the only thing I will say for Bob is for his era, the great matches of his era, he's in most of them. So. But you know, for the last couple of years, great matches, Roman's in a whole lot of them. So, and and I really. Again, from some of the the dark period, he was hitting some really big. You know, he was hitting some home runs. You know, doubles, triples, hell. I mean, the AJ Styles matches. You know, the the Brian Fastlane match from was that 2016, 15, 2015. Yeah, and 2021, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. Yeah, but that was. That's why I wanted to include the random Raw ones, the Rollins Raw ones, the Finn Raw ones. Those are four four and a half star matches, you know, or four four and a quarter star matches. You know, I I I I didn't I had to be long, but I just kind of wanted to throw the gems in there a little bit too. So all right, Tyler, here we are at the end. 
let's just, you know, this isn't a hard cement of where they should go, but longevity we have equal sign with both of these guys, a tiny check towards Bob Backlund on, if you want to add up the years, um, charisma, Roman Reigns, star power, Roman Reigns, flexibility, Bob Backlund, peak moments, Roman Reigns, storylines, Roman Reigns, promo skills, equal character, Roman Reigns, work rate, Bob Backlund's biggest check mark, and then match resume, Roman Reigns. Um, now you mentioned that you believe that Roman would be a little higher on your list, but they would be very close in the teens. Did you say? Yeah. So I, I, I think they'll probably wind up in back-to-back spots. Uh, they might wind up, I mean, no more than two spots apart. So, so really, as I'm looking at it, I've, I've kind of got a tier of about six and I, I think there's three guys that have some high, a lot of highs and a lot of lows, and that's The Undertaker, Roman Reigns, Bob Backlund, and I kind of see them right by each other. And then I see, uh, and then I've got three guys that don't have the highs that those three have, or don't have the extent of the highs, uh, but are just really consistent. And uh, CM Punk, Chris Jericho, and uh, Mick Foley, and so like those six will wind up somewhere between 11 and whatever 17. So I'm just trying to decide where do I do I put the the high the three of the highs and lows on the top? Do I put the consistent guys on the top? Do I kind of mix and match them? Kind of sprinkle them in? So so however I decide to do that, you know, that those types of decisions are probably going to decide how what the final final listing is but that's kind of it's kind of where my head's at right now anyway yeah um it's gonna be tough because so i had from slat in 2017 i had hard at seven foley at eight brock at nine punk at 10 brian at 11 12 i had kurt angle 13 i had vince 14 i had taker 15 i had triple h 16 i had jericho so I'm thinking Roman falls in somewhere in between there, with a, even with a little reshuffling of that group. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I'll have Roman anywhere from seven to late teens. Now, where, real quick, where would you put him against? Where'd you have Bruno? Oh, uh, Bruno will be top five. Top five, okay. So, all right, I didn't know if Roman sniffed that yet, but not to me, he doesn't. And yeah. Bruno's just so iconic and I wouldn't argue with someone that had him higher um and the reason so last time I had him at six and um I had him after Hogan Austin Savage Cena and The Rock and that was simply because I just prefer I you know I love The Rock and I love his matches more and and Bruno won't have like these great matches he's just he just carries the entire company so much um so and, and you know everything like he doesn't have downtimes either like he's he's always the man so i would have him top five so so i in in, in 17 i had backland 20 21 flair 22 or in 23 batista 24 roman 25 Warrior, 26 Eddie, 27 Ray, 28 AJ, 
So I definitely think he's above that tier now. Yeah, I think he's above that tier now. And and honestly, in 17, it was kind of a stretch to put him there. But I thought that the moments. Oh, yes. (laughs) The moments and the, the prospect of him in the future weighing that minutely was, you know, I think looking back five years now, saying he's 24 opposed to 34 is kind of a better hindsight, even though you're not really supposed to use hindsight. You know, you know what I mean? But to an extent, you kind of do in a weird way, in a weird way. Anyways. But anyways, all right. All right, Tyler, let's wrap this up and go home, buddy. Uh, Tyler, it's been a few months. Uh, we have a few of these left. Uh, with being football season and all, it's hot and heavy for us. So it's it's hard to kind of find time to squeak these out. So we're not sure who we're going to bring you next, but we promise to bring you at least one more with us together. And then we hope to bring you one or two more with Ryan. That's the plan, correct? Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't. I think we've got a couple more to do. So I don't. I don't yeah. know how it'll all shake out with who's doing what with who. So. All right. Well, how about know. this, Tyler? If, if how about they reach out to us in the Facebook group and give us some ideas of not who they would like to see against each other, but maybe ideas of who they're confused on and maybe we can hit those guys in either if it's quick or whatever. I would like to say, let's, let's ramp this bitch up as we get down the home stretch. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah.